With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. When was the last time you felt celebrated? Do you ever feel invisible or unheard? Or maybe you grasp onto words of affirmation like a lifeline. Well, you've come to the right place as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you have any close friendships or do you wish you did? How does having these friendships help you take notice of God? Join me and author Jennifer Duggar as we talk about experiencing God's love through Christian friendships in her book, Sister Talk. We discuss what it's like to have true sisters in Christ, how vulnerability plays a part, and how we can be sisters to others in our lives and help them take notice of God. Jennifer Duggar is passionate about helping women see how God can equip and empower them for his mission. She's a graduate of Texas A&M University with a math degree, spent several years teaching high school math, and after earning a master's degree in education curriculum, she was to pursue a career as a curriculum director. But life took some various twists and turns, and she adopted three children, two with special needs. She has a blog and a Facebook page, Growing by Surprise, and is dedicated to encouraging women in their faith and offering hope in their journey especially for those who have special needs children. She grew up with three biological sisters who have also become her sisters in Christ. And she is the new author of Sister Talk, Experiencing God's Love Through Christian Friendship, where she talks about cultivating these great Christian friendships. So Jennifer, welcome to The Notice. Thank you, I'm very excited. I'm excited you're here too because I believe your book is just powerful. It's so great to talk about how important our walk with other people helps our walk with God. Tell me, why do you think there's a need for Christian friendships? Christian friendships, I think, help us really understand those aspects of God that I think are are hard to understand without visible examples. You know, sometimes love like, what is love? How do you know what love is besides experiencing it? With our relationships, they're like it helps us really get a, a solid foundation of what does patience look like? What does grace look like? So really helping us see those aspects of God that, that sometimes are hard to understand. But I also think it just helps us in our walk of faith. You know, life is hard sometimes. And mm-hmm. having faith and and all of those things are hard, and we need support. We need fellowship. We need friends, people who can pick us up when we're down and, and say it's going to be okay and walk us through things. That That's one of the things that I just love about Christian friendships is the way they can just help you, help you through those hard times of life. Yeah, and notice God, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all hear that term, sisters in Christ. It's kind of almost a Christian buzzword, but... The way that you define in the book, I just loved it. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Well, I like to think about the two parts of the, the word. The sister part, of course, is near and dear to my heart because I have sisters. And I think about how God designed us to be family. You know, he talks about us being family all the time. He talks about us being brothers and sisters and that we are his children. 
And I think sometimes we forget about that aspect of our Christian relationships. And one of the things I love about family is that it is something that is is more long-term, lasting. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't get to choose our family, which, but it's kind of a neat blessing of God. God just puts these people in our lives, and he says, this is your family, whether mm-hmm. you want it to be or not. And so you get to experience, sometimes you grow and learn through those different people that people that God puts in your life. That's the whole sister part, is the being family, the having a person chosen for you in some ways that that God wants you to be a friend to. And then, of course, the in Christ part is, I think we have to recognize that that's got to be the central part of our relationship, that if we are not focusing on God and how he impacts the relationship, then we're really just having a, just the same kind of relationship you could have with, uh, you know, some person at the grocery store, and we need them to be deeper than that. You know, they should be focused on Christ and bonded by Christ. So when I think about Sisters in Christ, to me, it's much more than that just kind of catchphrase. It's a very purposeful thing, something that is a, a lot deeper than a regular friendship. You talk about in your book, these friendships are the best place to share our stories and how we're better together Sometimes our friends will stand with us in the gaps. But there's one quote I love from your book, which comes from Lisa Jo Baker. She said, trusting our friends is a reflection of how much we are willing to trust the God who created them. Until we can trust God with our naked vulnerability, it will be impossible to trust other people. So explain a little bit more about what that vulnerability means. I think society often tries to tell us that we need to be perfect, we need to be successful, we need to be strong and independent and all of those things. You know, hide your weaknesses. Don't, you know, Photoshop your pictures so nobody can see your flaws. We don't do well with vulnerability. We don't want to, you know, say, look, I need some help. And I think that whole relationships need trust whether it's your relationship with God or your relationship with other people. And part of that is us being willing to bear our souls and say, this is where I am, this is who I am, and I need help. When we can do that, it's really very free, and it opens people up when you're vulnerable and let people see the real you. It makes them feel that they can let their real self show. And... I think it's also where we can start to recognize God's real grace is in trusting that God can love us and other people can love us, even in all our flaws and sinfulness. So the more we can just be vulnerable and open up, and the more it, it helps us in those relationships and in trusting that unconditional love that we should feel. That's good. That's good. But, you know, I know there's times when, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've heard others who will open themselves up and it hasn't gone well. What, what would you say to that person out there listening who's experienced opening up and hasn't gone well? Relationships are definitely very messy and hard. Uh, and that's true with even good relationships. Um, I know I've been hurt by people who I've trusted before. And one of the things that I, I think about a lot is 
is that that whole aspect of starting new every day. I am so thankful that people do not hold me accountable for every single thing I've ever done <laughs> in my life and, <laughs> and that they allow me to grow and change. You know, whether it's with my husband or my kids or my friends, I am not the person I used to be. And I, I, I've made mistakes and I've caused people maybe to not trust me, but I've learned from those mistakes and I move move on and, and is a better person now. And I, I think we all have to give each other the chance to grow and change, you know, have grace. And then also, of course, you can't lump everybody together. You know, just because one person hurt you doesn't mean everybody's going to hurt you. You have to recognize that all people are different and have hope in these futures. You know, God wants us to live in this place of hope. He clearly wants us to have relationships and wants us to have this this fellowship with others. And we have to start every day thinking that's what his hope and his goal is for us. So there's got to be a way. He doesn't want us to be dwelling in the hurt and the pain. He wants us to be finding these beautiful relationships and and but but some of that we have to be willing to get hurt a little bit we have to try again start fresh have a little bit of trust have a little bit of faith and so i would just say start start again give people another chance to live and hope that's great i i also think sometimes i know in my experience there have been times when i might have opened up too soon and I didn't pace it a little bit. I just didn't kind of test the water, so to speak. That comes from trust, but you know, you say trust in the other person, but inevitably it's trust in God because let's say I, I decide to be vulnerable with something because the Holy Spirit says, open up, you need to talk about this with these people. And I go ahead and I get deep and maybe it's too deep for them, but maybe it's what the Holy Spirit needed that person to hear. And even though they might not have received it well, doesn't mean that me being vulnerable was wrong. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, absolutely. A lot of times we can do the right thing and it doesn't necessarily have the impact that we wanted to have. Yeah, it, it, it takes uh, time and, and something. Sometimes those you are going to do this great thing and open up and it not go perfectly well. And that doesn't mean you did something wrong. We kind of want, like you said, in this, I call it a notice me world, we kind of want to hide in some ways. We only want to show the particular facet or the particular angle of us that looks good. Like, only take my picture in this angle. Right. And, and and the reality is we are like complex, organic beings. We're, we're so... We're so complex. We have many facets. We do look at things in different ways. And, and you know, when we open up, I know I've been blessed to be able to open up with people. And, you know, I, I kind of have like a small nugget of people I really get really close and will talk to really intimately. And then maybe a, a little bigger circle that I will talk to and get vulnerable with, but maybe in more general terms. Does that make sense? And I love how you talk about your your sisters that you grew up with, who also became your sisters in Christ. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who, you know, you grew up with sisters and they became your sisters in Christ, but some of us don't. How do you think we should find those relationships? Oh, it's one of those hard things because I think there's a, there's a part of us that thinks, well, if I just do this, then these relationships will 
will just appear in my life. And, and sometimes that's not always the case. I think we have to have eyes to see the relationships that maybe God wants us to have, that we're, that maybe are different than the relationships we're seeking. You know, there might be that person out there that you look at that person and say, oh, we don't have anything in common, that I can't imagine being really close friends with that person, but maybe God has a different plan, you know, and so opening our eyes to all the different people out there that, that God puts in your path, and that's one of the things that is helpful. But I would say also the key is really thinking about how to become the friend that you mm, want to have. Mm, that's good. Really that's part of this is that you can't start off a relationship with what you're going to get out of it. I think about my sisters, and because I was a baby, I was a pet. You know, when they started the relationship with me, I came into the world, and it's not like I was doing a whole lot for them. They were my big sisters, and they took care of me, and I was the little imp that would go and mess with their toys and tattle on them and all of those things. And they, you know, I watched them. And I learned from them. I watched how they loved, and I learned how to love, and I watched their patience with me, and I learned how to be patient. And so them being good sisters to me and just loving me, even though they weren't getting a whole lot in return, helped me become a better person. And now I am being able to be a better friend to other people. And so we do have to sometimes just really not about me and what I'm getting out of this relationship. It's just going out there and being friends and trying to embrace other people in our life. And, of course, I believe that God, God blesses that. We get enormous blessings when we love other people. And uh, so if you start with that in mind, then I think these relationships will become more obvious and you will develop relationships and wonderful friendships with people you never even imagined you would have friendships with. You know, in your book, you write, you have this quote, ultimately, we must see sisterhood from God's perspective, not a means to an end, but rather a spiritual ministry. Sisterhood cannot be about filling the holes in your life satisfying all your needs, making you feel better about yourself, or be validated folks who listen to the notice, or getting something from someone. So that's kind of what you kind of summed up, that it isn't yeah. about, it isn't necessarily about what we're going to get, it's what we're going to give, right? Right, right. And I love in your book, you talk about different ways we can give. On, on the podcast here, we talk about validation, which are, giving people, you know, affirming people, encouraging people, and how important words of affirmation are. So that's a really good way to affirm and encourage each other is, is just, and, and be genuine with those words of affirmation. Don't just do it, you know, just to patronize somebody or something. But there's ways to be encouraged. You know, like, I really liked how you talked to that person that was very kind, would be an example, I would think, instead of just, Hey, you're awesome, you know, because if you if you can get more nitty gritty, I think it can be very encouraging. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, yeah, I think that's one of the things that I love about my sisters. They they tend to do a good job in in noticing things in me. I I have a hard time thinking about things to say to other people sometimes, but I I think that just 
noticing the little bitty ways that they are handling whatever life throws at them. And it can be just as simple as, I, I love how you read to your children or, you know, how they've gone through some little struggle with such, you know, poise and grace. Or, or it can just be that they smile all the time and you love that they smile. You know, I, it doesn't have to be something earth-shattering, but anything that you notice when you're paying attention to people, it makes them feel good that they're being mm-hmm. acknowledged. I mean, they're validated, them. right? Sounds like a podcast, I know. (laughs) But, you know, Proverbs 18.4 tells us a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. And I love running water, so that is music to my ears. But sometimes our words can be life-giving, and we don't want them to be life-taking, you know. So I think about that. You also talk about scripture and one of the things I love, of course, is you said you write your prayers out for people. Mm-hmm. I have found that, like, instead of just sending somebody a text saying, praying for you, I will actually do the prayer in the text. And I yes. found that that just connects me in a, in a really powerful way. Yeah, it has been amazing to me. And the people that will also just instead of saying, I'll pray for you, they stop right there in the moment and pray for you right then. Those kinds of things really make such a difference. And it seems much more active and engaged than just a passing comment that, oh, you're going to forget about later. And and those things, I love the idea of writing things down, too, because then it's something you can look back at later. Mm-hmm. We tend to just forget things. It is easy to forget the positive aspects of life and the good things that have happened, especially when you're in the throes of something more challenging. And so having the text that you can look back at or a card that you can look back at is really helpful. You talk about to be a good sister is to help other people when they need it, bring over meals or or whatever, but it's also to receive it. Tell me why you think that spirit of receiving is such an important thing. Yeah, it goes back to kind of what I was talking about before, about that being vulnerable and being willing to admit our weaknesses. There is something about sharing in a burden with somebody that, first of all, is just great for bonding people together. There, I've had so many times where I have let people help me, and they have thanked me for allowing them to be involved in my life. There is something about you opening up to somebody and saying, yes, I will receive, I will kind of humble myself and let you see me at my worst and let you help me that that opens people up, you know. And I, I think it's, it's being a good example for, for others to say, hey, it's okay to need help when you receive mm-hmm. help and you're also letting that friend and that sister say, it's okay if you need help too. It, it's just, it's one of the things I struggle with. I am terrible about receiving help, but I have to talk to myself about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think about, you know, if my sister in Christ was needing something and I wasn't given the opportunity to help her, that would make me feel really kind of sad and isolated from her. Right. I I want my sisters in Christ to ask me for help. I want to be there for them. So I have to be willing to do the same thing. 
let them see that I can use their help sometimes. And when we do things for others, it's funny because it does actually satisfy our own needs. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I might have the gift of cooking a really cool lasagna, which, by the way, most people like my lasagna. But if I cook a really good lasagna and I'm able to give it to somebody who's in need, it satisfies me because I know I'm giving of myself to somebody. So it's a way to not only notice them, but it's God's way of kind of giving a hug back to you. I've been blessed to have some lovely sisters in Christ. And, you know, they point me towards God when I'm weak. But sometimes, I'll be honest with you, especially in the small groups, some settings sometimes, we get into uh, the problem solver mode where we want to give advice, don't we? Mm-hmm. How is that How is that helpful or hurtful? What do you think about that? Well, sometimes, and I know it's good intention, we want to take away the burdens of our sisters. But sometimes that's not our job. We can't fix all the problems in our sisters' lives. Sometimes when we are trying to do that, we can inadvertently seem judgmental or be hurtful in something we say. Sometimes all we need to do is just literally be there and be a support to them and step back from giving too much advice. It's one thing to say, here is how I've handled something, and I'm just going to give you some examples and give you some, some suggestions. But then we also have to recognize that their life may be different. The way they handled something might be different, and we can't judge them for not using your advice and not using that particular method. And sometimes we just need to, to give them a hug and a word of encouragement and and keep keep a little bit of that to ourselves. Because it is. It's so hard to cross. It's easy to cross over that line from just being helpful yeah. and encouraging to being judgmental and critical. And that's not something that is beneficial for our relationship. And it might be well-intentioned, but sometimes we're kind of, maybe God's working on this area of their life. And if we, we tell them how to solve it, maybe they're not allowed to discover it for themselves through what God is right. trying to tell them. We're, we're, we're trying to give them a script or something, how to fix it. And, yes. and I, we're well-intentioned, and, and I say we're because I'm, I'm guilty here, but I'm trying to get better at, at listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, do you need me to say something here or do I let it go? You know, the other thing that I think that we really need to do, and I don't know why we don't do this more often, but the most valuable sister relationships I have is when we celebrate, not just celebrate it, but embrace our differences because we're unique people. We're all a little bit different. And it's okay to kind of laugh at, okay, you're a word person and I'm not, or whatever it is, you know. Um, it's okay yeah. to be different. Oftentimes, especially with women, it seems like they're so competitive. It's sort of like when you go and try clothes on at the store, this dress might look awesome on you, but it doesn't work for me at all, you know. And why can't we just embrace that as different? What, what's up with right. that? What do you think about that? I, I mean, yes, women are very competitive, and that is such a hard thing to not be jealous or, or any of that, and, and to just enjoy what every person brings to the table, what every sister has. And I think that is where, for me personally, having different sisters, that we all are very different. There's some of us that are math-oriented and some that are English-oriented and 
I am known for being the planner that everybody's always laughing because how long will it take before Jennifer says what's the plan? And they think it's cute and, and endearing instead of, oh, well, you're different. And I think that we all are wanting to find our place and we want to feel special and loved. And sometimes we do that by putting other people down and instead of just recognizing that we all are God's favorites. We're all chosen. We're all loved. And and I, and I talk about that, about that we're all these special flowers. And it's okay that we're not the same kind of flowers. And But we all are flowers, and we all are unique, and we, we wouldn't want to be the same. If we were all the same, it would be a very boring garden. So we need to just enjoy the fact that we do have these beautiful differences and learn from them. And also, I think that's that's a key, too, is when you are put with somebody that is very different, it is very growing for you mm-hmm. and stretches you in different areas, and that's good for us, too. So there's, there's beauty in all those differences. And sometimes when we, if we embrace our differences, that gets us out of that comparison trap where we're not trying to look like somebody else or be somebody else or feel like we're shorter or taller than someone else. There's this one quote in your book I love. It says, if I decide I am second rate to someone, I feel worthless, inadequate, and unimportant. When I mistakenly believe myself to be much better than others, I end up filled with unhealthy pride and arrogance. So no matter what side of the fence I land upon, I find myself in a joyless pit, way off target from where God wants me to be. And isn't that what it's all about? Is where aren't we aren't we doing this so that we're we're where God wants us to be? Yeah, yeah, I, and I do. I struggle with both sides of the comparison. Sometimes I am thinking, you know, oh, I've got this, and why can't that other person be like this? And then the other times I am just really down on myself, and neither one of those is helpful. It it really is about you and your personal relationship with God and where you are and you doing the best that you can every day and every moment and and every and trusting that everybody else is doing that too. That's one of the things that I I talk about a lot because I think that whole believing the best in each other is one of these two relationships. Just always assuming that if even if that person, your sister in Christ is maybe hurting you or doing something that you think is not right, that they are trying to do their best. And maybe right now their best is not that great. And you just recognize that maybe they're just struggling with somebody, something. Maybe they need your help. Maybe, you know, there is, um, maybe they're not feeling well. And that any, any moments that they're having, that's the whole in Christ. You've got to believe that they really are in Christ that they're doing what they can, and you keep on pointing them to Christ, you keep on believing the best, you keep on giving grace, mm-hmm. and growing together. I saw this one video once, and it was a great video. Everybody's going into a coffee shop, and what they do is they have a sign on everyone, and it says, you know, this person just lost their father, this person just um, lost their job, or or something that's hurting that they're going through. And it was a great reminder to me that we don't always know what's going on in the hearts of people. And sometimes we need to be ready to minister to them, but we also need to realize that maybe 
their their way that they said something or the way they did something was not necessarily an offense to us. It was just coming from a broken place within them. And yeah. we're, we're here to lift each other up and encourage each other and then let God work on those broken pieces and, you know, celebrate God's goodness. So, you know, is there anything you'd like to say in closing to, to the listeners out there that we haven't covered? The main thing to me is just that these friendships, I think we need to make sure that we don't think that we can get through life without mm. relationships. Relationships mm-hmm. are important. God wants us to have them. He wants us to have family. He wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants our relationships to point everyone to him. And so we have to ask ourselves in all of the relationships, are we making God the center of it instead of ourselves mm. and, and or the other person? And are we always putting people back, you know, pointing people back to him? And when we do that, it, it transforms our relationships because it becomes that it's not doing these things and having the relationships in our own strength, but it is God that is changing our relationships mm. and mm. forming them. Well said. Well said, Jennifer. Well, I so appreciate you being here today and us talking with our audience about ways we can notice God in Christian friendship. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to just kind of close out some time here with Psalm 34. It says, and I, I think we can say this together, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. And when it's all said and done, We need to do this with our family, our sisters in Christ. I don't know about you, but I've been really fortunate to have a number of really close friendships during my life. The funny thing is some of the best have all had one thing in common is being a believer in Jesus Christ. The greatest thing about that as a common denominator is that no matter what or how long it's been since you've seen these friends, you can pick up right where you left off because you can talk about Jesus. My hope for you, my listeners, is that you have those rich, supportive relationships in your life. If you don't, I encourage you to reach out and take notice. Take notice of the person in the room who is called to do something similar to you. Take notice of the person who is full of life and ask them to have coffee. And take notice of the person in the room who is the example of who you want to be and reach out to them. Please don't isolate. Isolation can be the enemy's playground. We were meant for a community. Proverbs 27.9 tells us, A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. So may your soul be refreshed by the relationships God brings into your life. Until next time, take notice. Oh